0: It's been so long since I've been recording, man. So I want to thank both of you guys for being here. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to a, a long-awaited episode of The Forest Side of Midnight because I haven't been doing any recording in a long time, and I'm starting to feel like, why not? You know, a lot of, like, life has... I don't want to say life has gotten in the way because life never gets in the way. But anyway, I'm here with Hunter Salazar and Gary Hercer... <laughs> <laughs> i don't want to fuck your name up man
1: <laughs> <laughs> you're good man
2: herncer you know there you do there you go just it's a like cool that.
0: name we're not we're not used to the three syllables back to back though you know what i mean no. three vowels. Neither,
2: bro i don't even know how the hell to say that shit like <laughs> 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 Hernster, it's all okay. furniture. <laughs> yeah exactly that's what i tell them too i was just born with the name man i wasn't the one who actually etched that
0: shit in stone or whatever so i like it man i like the fact that both of you guys have names that are that have h in it so just to catch the audience uh we were just recording with uh for a hunter's hunter show and we're jamming about reincarnation and then we had a uh, an attack from a vacuum cleaner the last part <laughs> of the recording <laughs>
3: And yeah. I I didn't know if it was a connection issue or what, but I, I was just like, you know what? It was I both. It's it was both. I, like, I was like, there's no way, I, there's no way it's it's Roderick. I was like, it's it's Gary. There's nobody else. <laughs> <laughs> he just no. starts backing me.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We're talking uh, about eating eating meats and reincarnating as animals, and I don't know if anybody's yeah. ever had any thoughts about that, but I've had lots of thoughts about that.
2: I <laughs> <laughs> do I just now, like a motherfucker? I'm gonna so, now because all the steak I eat, fuck you, Hunter.
3: Well, also, if you're, <laughs> wait, hold on. If you're a weightlifter, you should, you should actually. Beef is not great for you if you're a weightlifter. Like it doesn't, it raises your cholesterol. It's actually just not good for you in general. It's great for creatine,
0: which increases. Oh, sure. Here we go. Here we go. Yeah. Um, I mean, ha- have you guys seen that documentary on Netflix? What's what's the name of it? Uh, the 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 game game changer. Have you seen that? No, Never. that's interesting. Game, okay so game changer is basically a documentary that uh it's it's promoting vegetarian diets and athletes and stuff and um at the time I watched it cuz I'm I'm not a, I'm not really a vegetarian anymore either I know it's just I I eat some protein I'm not gonna lie but uh Good when shot. I saw the doc well, well when I saw the documentary I, w- I was I was uh full on vegetarian and they had this one study where they made bean burritos for the athletes they made bean burritos for these football players and they were saying that if you eat um a lot of meat it can impede blood flow so they were saying you can't get erections as easier and shit like that and like if you eat more uh like you know legumes and beans and look at gary's face
2: like this is very interesting actually you're actually, you're actually making me like you're, you converting <laughs> me at this moment. Actually, yeah. I'm very interested. I'm, 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 almost tempted to try this for a month because that's about as long as it's going to take for me to notice any kind of difference.
0: It's about a month. <laughs>
2: okay. Well, I, I just thought
0: I that was do- interesting though. They were saying like oh, uh, the blood, like like you can have a better erection as a vegetarian than you can as a meat eater because like it. I mean. I, but then again, so here's another thing I had a problem with it with the documentary, and then I'll get into our, our subject matter. But um, they were saying something about the glad the Roman gladiators. They were saying the gladiators ate, ate um, you know, they they were vegetarian and stuff. They were like, uh, they're like they they were called uh, what were they called again? You probably know, man. Uh, barley chewer, barley eaters, something like that, right? What's barley that? eaters. That sounds, like a, that
3: sounds like an insult. <laughs> can well, I? Can I?
2: for one second here guys i'm sorry have you all tried this for yourselves i know you have hunter have you Bodie? tried what Try
0: eating barley
2: no the the whole vegetarian whole stay away from meat whole erection thing
0: i have i have well (laughs) not not the erection part but i mean i was a vegetarian (laughs) for several for several years (laughs) Um, did you notice
2: anything when it came to the erection part I no,
0: no, no. I, no, I didn't. I didn't. And I, <laughs> I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. For me, probably not. I think that it didn't... So going from veg, a vegetarian diet for several years and going back to meat did not affect my erections. And I, and one of the things I believe is probably the case is because, for for one, I do a lot of exercise anyway. You know, I have, I have my blood circulation is really good. Second of all... I do a lot of breathing exercises and when I do breathing exercises, I breathe with the sun. The sun is, is young, right? So it's a yang kind of energy. It's very masculine in nature. So inhaling that sun's prana, that sun's essence, I think on top of uh, being active, I think it's really good. So I, 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 I would tell the makers of that documentary that it didn't affect me in that way. So, and they can ask my, my woman too, you know. I mean, it's like
2: that's that's what matters the <laughs> fucking most, my dude. Exactly. <laughs> so. Okay. All right. I, I needed I needed to hear that honestly because I've literally just gotten back into relationships probably within the past two and a half years, and yeah. so like I'm I'm wanting to know that kind of information when it comes to my you know my own self and my own. That I mean,
0: just ask your lady, man. Just, you know, is she gonna be, I mean, just ask your lady, is she gonna be like, You're honey, you're eating too much meat, you need to slow down and eat some more barley, you know? what I mean,
1: <laughs> no, no. <laughs> she do not she she's don't, not gonna she say don't. that <laughs> the only <laughs> meat she eats really man, is, is, is
2: she'll eat bacon, right? Because chicken will gross her out, and I'm just like, well, I, just, I don't get it but it is what it is. Okay. But I just, I needed to hear that from you personally, Bodie. And I think that's interesting.
3: So I will, I'll give, so I'll give my input. So I think oh, yeah. about the erection part. Also, that's a weird, that's a weird subject for the documentary to focus on. Did they, was it <laughs> the erection part? Okay. So there's a lot of different aspects. They did for a little bit. Yeah. Okay. So, um, I think, so I think eating meat actually lowers your sperm count. I've noticed because the, so, the last I got out of a relationship like months ago, but um, my before well, even before that, so I've been I haven't been eating meat for about 10 years, and I haven't, and I'm also a vegan right now, so I don't eat cheese or anything mm-hmm. like that. Um, mm-hmm. but I will say that like my sperm counts like extremely high. Um, and I think that at like when I did make the transition, I realized how like I realized how better my system operated. I don't necessarily think it's related per se to what you think would be as like just the erection part i think because the clean the cleanness of your blood and this your blood flow because there's a lot of cholesterol and a lot of different kinds of meat and there's a lot of cholesterol in different kinds of cheeses as well but i've been vegan for less time than i've been uh vegetarian i've been i haven't eaten any meat in about 10 years but i have been vegan for i've been i was vegan for two years and i fell off and i got back on i've been vegan for about six months again and um there is something about your ability to both retain breath and, and the capacity of your lungs, even though I smoke, even though I smoke cigarettes, I, I can hold, I can hold my breath for a long time and I can do a lot of strenuous activity for a long time. It doesn't seem like I need to breathe as heavily. Um, mm-hmm. I think, it has I think it is related to blood flow and I think it's also related to, um, how well your heart operates. But I, I don't, I, for, for me, I, I don't think it's directly related to your, your balls or your penis. I think it's related to uh, the other operating <laughs> systems connected to it. I think that the other operating systems connected to it are kind of what what makes sense to me in my head as far as my experience goes.
0: Gotcha, gotcha. I don't know it, it was just a it was just like a something like a segment of that documentary, but getting back to reincarnation though, like i don't I don't know uh, I don't really. Stand on the idea that reincarnation is sort of like a punishment, right? You know, because if if we're, if it's all about if life or existence is all about elevating one's awareness and discovering your own godhood, which I'm not I'm not sure exactly if both of you kind of vibe with that. I'm I would feel like you would on some levels for sure, but uh, in some uh, in certain religions like 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 the the Gnostics, like the Cathars. Not all the Gnostics, but the Cathars. They saw reincarnating as sort of a punishment, so they they abstained from sex quite a bit, actually. To them, to come into this body, into this world, was like another form of suffering for them. So even though like Buddhism gets kind of like a, a has a reputation for saying that everything sucks and that life is all terrible, it's really not so much like that. Like really, I think the essence of Buddhism what I didn't say in your your video, maybe I should have said this before, now it comes to light, you know, is that um, life is actually bliss. But underneath that bliss is this idea of separateness. And that idea of separateness takes us into this this realm of, like, constant suffering or, like, off and on suffering, depending on one's grade of awareness. You know what I mean? So um, it does make sense to me personally that reincarnating or going from body to body it's really just embodying, going from embodiment to embodiment based on one's level of awareness is that you guys could that make sense to you yeah
3: yeah it it, it does make sense to me um so mm-hmm. uh so when it come when it comes to reincarnation in general so there's there's a lot of different aspects there's a lot of different because you're with reincarnation so you're pulling a lot of you're pulling a lot of energy from past lives that that needs to be resolved so if you're pulling things from past lives that need to be resolved in this in this current life um there's so many strings that are connecting you to to the weight of of everything that you've done before in other, uh, other lifetimes um various forms of uh Gary, are you, you okay over there? Because there's a lot of noise Dude, coming out. There's a lot. <laughs> it's done.
2: It's over. The vacuum is sitting on the shitter, bro. Okay, it's all. <laughs> uh,
3: so me personally, it's gonna it's gonna differ from y'all. I, I do think that I do think that the soul does take on um various kind of like um I would say dots or aber- or aberrations that get attached to it by causing suff- needless suffering to other things. So the more needless suffering that you cause, like like you don't like need to um for let's say that let's say that you can only afford to eat like cheeseburgers. Sure. Um wow. if you have if you have other options and you are consciously aware that you're kind of eating another life form, and so there's a difference between eating a life form that lived a full life, lived a good life, and then you eat it, rather than um Supporting the system of kind of like uh, industrial industrial uh, farms or industrial slaughterhouses, where these these beings are put through needless suffering, and they have nervous systems like us, and they feel the same amount of pain as us, and then putting through this torture that they go through, and then they're slaughtered, and then we eat it. So that also there's been there's been scientific studies that the uh, the chemicals of suffering that are produced by the animals that we eat, it actually that does transfer to our own our own uh. uh Brain chemistry. So the the suffering and the level of awareness that that animal had and its constant suffering until it died, actually transfers to us physically. Not this is this is reincarnation we're talking about, but we're still we're talking about scientifically. So a cow's brain is similar enough to our brain that if we consume a, the meat, that it was kind of like, kind of like just gorged, just like gorged with this amount of suffering and pain. It transfers to our own uh, ability to think, our own awareness, and the health of our brain in general, and our likelihood to be compulsive, or our likelihood to our likelihood to uh, be fearful. Um, this was just a this was a scientific study. I wish that I had the name of it, but that's that's just pure science. So as far as if that happens with the brain's chemistry on a on a material level, I I imagine that it would also happen on a soul level because everything you know, as above, so below. So as above our consciousness and as below our body. So there must, be, there must be some kind of relevancy and transference of this kind of suffering that we might have to experience ourselves later on in my own understanding. I, but once again, everything is just my own guess. I don't really know anything. These are just my best guesses. But it, it does seem like we're starting to unveil more and more how the suffering of the animal actually transfers to us when we eat that animal. Now, if it lives a happy and full life, and even farm, even pig farmers know that they, they try to make sure that the pig doesn't know that they're going to shoot it in the head, um, because they even have this thing where, like, it makes the meat taste worse. It literally just makes it taste a little bit worse, and pig farmers, like, everywhere say this, just around the world. So, just on the taste variant, that's like a transmission to our tongue. There must be a whole lot of other layers to this that are vaster than just the taste as well. So, that's just kind of my takeaway from that.
0: Interesting. I never knew that. Like, what do you think about that, Gary?
3: I do have something to
2: say on this. And um, it goes back as far as when it comes to my um, my weight loss journey, okay? You know, I was about 320-plus pound-ass heavy motherfucker getting off of meth and a bunch of shit. Okay. It is what it is with my past, whatever. dude. point, point of it is is eventually I got off the drugs um, through my own spiritual practices and whatnot um eventually it had come to me that I wanted to be healthy I wanted to lose this weight I wanted to be a better version of myself so eventually I got into the gym okay now when that happened I will say this to Hunter's point okay because I eat meat today (laughs) but to Hunter's point I had a lot more astral projections. I had a lot more lucid dreams. I had a lot more um, out of body experiences and spiritual encounters, so to speak. When, um, When I was on a very raw whole food diet, and when I say that, I mean kale, cucumber, celery, Um, Hemp seed shit chopped up, juiced, and like, you know, branched out. I'm talking like the pulp and everything. Okay, I didn't just juice it. Okay, eventually I got to the point where I was eating the pulp too because I realized that there's a lot of micronutrients and a lot of zoo nutrients within those minerals that we're not getting through just juicing alone. Um, When I was getting those vitamins, those nutrients, those uh, minerals, it's just... I had a lot more out-of-body experiences, a lot more astral projections, so to speak. Um, So I will say that when I was doing that with the whole foods and the raw foods, I did notice a lot more of that. Now, I don't know how – if I were to continue that, if that was going to make it – because I eat meat now, man. I hate a shitload of meat. Okay, <laughs> I'm not even gonna lie, because I went from losing weight to building muscle, and when it goes from losing weight to building muscle, it's a big, it's a very big difference. It's, it's, it's just different. It's different as hell. Okay, and when you're trying to put on muscle, it's all about thermo, thermogenics, trying to bring in more proteins to your muscles, so that way you can increase the thermogenic effect of your body, so you can keep off that fat mass. Um, I will say, and I know that the topic is reincarnation. Okay. And I know we may have strayed a little bit from that based That's off of. Good, nutrition. We're having fun. <laughs> <laughs> based, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Based off of nutrition. Okay. Now, I will say, based off of nutrition and through my own personal gnosis and experience, um, having a more raw whole food definitely had me and my my light body my Merkaba whatever you want to call it okay um a lot more lighter okay Mm -hmm. because to this day since I'm building muscles since I'm that's what I'm about I'm about the muscle building um it is a lot heavier OK, and um, it took me a while for me to gather this information from what we were doing on Hunter's pod versus now. OK, but um, I will say that I did notice. A lighter body. Most definitely uh, didn't feel as heavy. Um I still get a lot of lucid dreams. Last night, with the full harvest moon, after me doing my ritual with my girl and everything, I got a lot of lucid dreams. I had the I had very the temperance card appeared in my dream and everything, and then it helped bring, Okay, I still get a lot of magic. I still get a lot of downloads. I still I'm, I'm very intuitive with my scrying and my abilities to be a magi. But to Hunter's point, and I, <laughs> I don't like I don't like fucking giving you a point but i will say dude you're on to some shit when it comes to (laughs) raw whole foods based off of my own personal experience yeah and even even on that
3: so there's a way to eat so there's a way there's a among i guess among vegans i don't know if y'all know about there's a way to eat like dirty vegan so like when we're talking about when we're talking about foods like Gardein and uh, Morningstar and things that are very soy based. So one thing when you eat a bunch of soy, it can lower your testosterone. But and it also oh, yeah. without,
0: there's not <laughs> bro, fucking for real.
3: And there's not a whole lot. Yeah. Of, there's not a whole lot of like actual nutrients and a lot of the Gardein and Morningstar stuff. That's why you have to pair it with vegetables and put vegetables in there with it. Otherwise, your body's not really getting the nutrients. Like it tastes good and it's technically vegan, but it's it not it's not actually giving you nutrients. So you gotta you gotta pair those vegetables with it and not cook them down too much. So if I pair, so hey, if yo. I
1: pair
3: straight up broccoli and I cook it down, or <laughs> collard greens and I cook it down too much, all those nutrients are evaporating. So it's really good to if you're gonna pair something with these dirty vegan things like garden or morningstar, then you're gonna you're gonna want to not cook down the vegetables too much. And make sure that they they retain some of their volume and made, and maintain some of their and maintain some of their nutrients, basically. and um there was there was another thing that I'll mention as far as what Saadguru said. I don't know if y'all listen to him or watch him. Uh, but Sadhguru was talking about how um it's it's better for your body if you eat something that if you pl- if you could just put that thing in the ground and it would grow. It's closer to life. It's closer to life force. It's closer to prana. I, if you could just put that see. thing in the ground and it'll grow, then, then you eat that and just cook it, you know, mildly or cook it down just a certain degree. Um, you're act you're actually taking in more life force by doing that than something that has been killed, then processed and processed and processed, or even with dirty vegan, where there's a bunch of processing with this uh, fake meat. Um, it's it's you're ta- you're literally consuming life. More life force. Um, if you're eating something that could just be planted, and then it'd be fine by itself. Um, um, you don't have a lot of in between. Now, uh,
0: now, like, I didn't mean to interrupt, man, but I want to interject a little bit because, like, uh, Gary might be able to speak on this for sure. So, when I went, when I went back to eating meat, and uh, you know, yeah, hitting the gym harder and kind of just getting more into fitness, like like I'm doing now, um, I really feel like me doing this. And I'm not saying everybody should do this. I'm definitely not saying if anybody listening out there that you're a vegan or, you know, you're uh, you you consider yourself a spiritual person, you're a vegetarian or a vegan. Stay that way. I'm not saying do what I'm doing by any means at all. I don't I don't go around preaching my diet mm-hmm. diets or my way of no weight diet to anybody. But I want to I want to say something, though, because um so for me, going like the meat eating it wasn't because oh i missed eating hamburgers or some shit like that it was really like i really feel like i got like a like a call me crazy but i feel like i got like a like a uh like a divine i don't want to call it a divine inspiration but i got an some kind of inspiration for my ancestors who were hunters you know and uh when i was i started ingesting meat what it did for me was it Put me deeper into that warrior archetype. That uh, it brought me more into that primal state. Yeah, did you feel that too? Yeah, because of a, bro. Yeah. So when I'm yes. eating, when I'm eating now, uh, I, I just started kind of getting more into, um, like trying to eat it like the way my ancestors did, more of a sacred way. Not eating it because. It tastes uh, good or anything like that, but uh, like so it, for so for example, um, I've been eating buffalo or bison, right? You know, so my ancestors ate, ate bisons and I want to have some of the powers of the bison, like to be strong, right? To be able to survive, to be rugged, uh, things like that. Um, and if I'm eating something like chicken, I'm not when I'm, I don't want to draw the powers of a chicken, but I want to take the powers of what hunts the chicken you know what i'm saying so putting me into that primal state that primal kind of masculine state so like that's what it's been doing for me like you want I, I know you want to say something bro so <laughs> what's your take on that too
2: i mean honestly dude um i would say most definitely um it does give you inside a more primal approach to and for me personally lifting weights okay i'm all about the heavier, the better, okay? That's just the Norse blood in me. That's like, let's go hunter, let's go gather. And um, the protein knowing that I, it that goes into my veins, it goes into my blood cells, it goes into my muscle mass in particular, it's gonna feed that. It's gonna feed the, the heavier that I lift, you know? And like, I'm all about mass, honestly. I'm all about, dude, I, I'd like to lift heavy not gonna lie the heavier the better that's where I go to kill my anxiety that's where I go to kill the depression that's where I go to kill my anxiety you know that's where I go to basically just kill the mental that's fucked up in me you know we've all got it we've all fucked up mentally in some way okay let's face it but um when it comes to certain proteins especially you know um, as a, um, a certified nutritionist it's just it's better overall for muscle mass and hypertrophy for you to get a more balanced protein intake now that can come from lentils that can come from legumes that can come from a vegetarian lifestyle Mm -hmm. as well okay but for me personally i feel like i get more protein intake from let's say i get protein and creatine from steak in particular, red meats. Okay, and now creatine is going to increase the muscle mass and it's going to increase your strength as well. All right. Mm-hmm. Now they have supp- they have supplements for that as well. But then that begs the differ- that, begs- that begs the question. If you are vegan, if you are vegetarian and you are taking creatine, where did they get the creatine? Motherfuckers. <laughs> like obviously they got that shit from something. Because this creatine is coming like from what I understand, it comes from red meat. Okay. Now whether or not they extract that or not, I don't know. I don't know where the BCAs, even the branch chain aminos or the EAAs or L leucine and L you know, all of that comes from. I'm not I, I I would have to dig a lot further. The course that I
0: took didn't there, go. There's a lot that.
3: of aspects that I did actually wanna speak on regarding this, but go ahead, Rod. Like what are you gonna say, Roderick?
0: Oh, yeah. I was just going to say, man, now we've kind of touched on like this really interesting subject because uh, I can kind of, like I can kind of I can, I can definitely see where you're coming from, Hunter, with like the vegetarian diet. Because like I have read uh, a lot of Yogananda before I have uh, an Essene Bible like here um, somewhere here in the house. And uh, they they you know, they've been vegetarian for for centuries, you know, like hardcore vegetarians, kind of similar to the Jane, the Jain Dharma practitioners as well. Um, and I can definitely see that when one is eating something that grows from the ground, like just, just natural and not non-killed, it, it does make the body like lighter. I don't mean like lighter in weight, but it does make the body uh, have a certain type of lightness to it. Uh, like you were saying, Gary, about like astral traveling and things like that. I've had that experience as well. Um, and then like with – with uh, Meat eating, at least for me from my experience right now, since I've been, you know, some months, several months now eating it. Um it does it just puts me deep into this like sort of primal, kind of like, rah, you know, yeah, of damn <laughs> right. <of attitudes. laughs> um, I, I could definitely see like the like what how a balance is needed though. You know what I mean? So I'm not doing the complete carnivore. I don't, I don't do that like that that uh Who's that freaking, that dude that looks like Thanos on YouTube, man, that, the liver king, Bro. that motherfucker. You I, know, fo- you I
2: follow seen- so many fucking bodybuilders <laughs> and like Mr. Olympia motherfuckers. Yeah. Like, dude, give
3: me I might be the only one here. So I, y'all might not know, know this about me. So about, I haven't lifted weights for about three years, but I was lifting weights six to seven days a week on a vegetarian diet for years. Um, so I, I, I at least worked out, I at least lifted weights and I, and I go for mass. Like I love lifting heavy. I was not lifting weights to slim down. I've never been a slim weightlifter in my life. I was, I was all about bulk. Um, and with the vegetarian, diet, I could, I could make that happen. But what, what I was getting is, so there's a couple things about the warrior ethos. So, um, if you. So how, so for first the the basic point, how much of it is just pure, pure uh, animal instinct that you're tapping into. And then that's, that's the basic points. Like how, how much of that is just us, our animal side. And then also, so our ancestors, they didn't go and buy meat from a store. If you're doing it, if you're going to, if you're going to do less, like a, if you're going to do a spiritual practice of eating meat, you kill that. Like, honestly, I honestly rather go, I, I would eat meat if I went and killed it myself. But if I'm going to go buy meat just from the store or something and eat it, I, I and then, so there's a lot of steps between me and that animal dying. <laughs> First of all, you're not really respecting it. You're just eating it. Uh, you're not you're not killing it. You're not thanking it. I mean, how many people thank the steak that they have on their plate yeah, that they I've bought from the market shit. on a piece of paper that have been that have been filled with preservatives and then and then shipped multiple miles? Uh, honestly, I have huge respect for those hunters who only eat what they killed themselves i think that that is a huge part of the warrior ethos like if you're gonna don't eat what's what another man killed that's a huge part of the warrior ethos um Mm -hmm. other otherwise i think you're just tapping into the the animal instinct and you're not really participating in the warrior ethos of ancestors i don't mean to like be a dick about it but if you kill your (laughs) (laughs) dog but like like, it's like yeah um yeah, another man killed that and it was probably in a cage and it was probably cowering. But if you go out there yourself and you go with a and you go with a bow or a spear and you take down that animal, you skin it yourself, you thank the earth for it for, for providing for that meat and then you thank the animal itself and then you take it home, that that is a that is a big part of the warrior ethos of all of our ancestors. It's going
0: that way, man. I I I've been entertaining that idea actually.
3: <laughs> yeah, because I mean otherwise but, yeah. otherwise I feel like it's False bravado in a way. It's like, yeah, I'm, I'm eating this. I'm eating this meat. I'm real masculine and shit. But like, it's like, it's like dog. It's like dog. Like that that animal was in a cage. Somebody put that animal in a cage and then put an air gun to its head and then blew its brains out. What part of that is masculine? And then so, and then you didn't even kill it. They're giving it to you to eat, and then you buy it at the supermarket, and then you go home, and then you. There's so many hands that it went through
2: the, the, the thing sure. is, is the thing is, is that we don't even know if they fed that thing steroids or not. And this is this is another thing too when it comes into meat products. Um Tyson, dude, I worked for a truck driving company. I heard from Tyson alone, dude, that when they would drive into their facility, they watched their workers that were on the farms with the chickens in hazmat suits. Because dude, hazmat suits, bro, like Ooh. why those are, are you why the fuck are you in hazmat suits if you're
1: dealing
3: with they they put they put those preservatives in it. they pump it full of those preservatives because oh, if steroids. they didn't, it wouldn't kill all the stuff that basically all the bacteria and stuff that went into it before it got to you. So by the time it gets to you, they if they don't pump it through all, with all these chemicals, then it wouldn't you would you would literally like get sick and die so basically they're just killing all the all the things that just infest this before it gets to you that's why it's pumpful. and also the preservatives also lower testosterone um so yes but all these chemicals actually do lower testosterone and they also affect mass so i i was a weightlifter for many years i haven't lifted in three years but i was a weightlifter for many years just on a vegetarian diet and i get a like very very easily. Um, I I I know that most people on the train of the you know you know meat is where you should get your protein. But if you actually look at the substance of vegetables, a cup of broccoli and a cup of beef, broccoli has cleaner protein and it has the same amount of protein. The the idea that animals are where we get our protein, it's just categorically false. Have you seen how buff a kangaroo is that just eats grass? Have you seen how buff something? Kangaroos are skull bro. And, <laughs> it's like, yeah. And a cow, but the more important thing—have is- these bulls that are buff as hell? See, that's connecting yes. to the animal spirit. Now, if you kill that and eat that yourself, that is more power to you. If you, if you, <laughs> if you can get mass and eat what these animals eat, obviously they can do it. If you're really tapping into the warrior ethos, then be that warrior and get that protein the best way that you can, and the eat way the that
1: doesn't
3: sacrifice. That, that, and also, by and, the way, the ancient Greeks—I don't know about—I don't know if y'all yeah. know this, but the ancient Greeks um so they mainly had a plant-based diet so when you hear about animal sacrifice christians always bring up animal sacrifice is so bad slaughterhouses are way worse and it's mass produced way worse but um when when the when the ancient greeks would offer the meat to their gods afterwards they would eat it those were some of the only times that they had cow for the vast majority of ancient greeks those were some of the only times they had cow that they had sheep and they had other livestock they they actually ate more more grains and other things than they did even just uh, even fish in general. Most Greeks had mainly a plant-based diet, but they would offer it to the gods, which is another good way. If you're eating meat, another good way to offer it to the gods, thank the meat, and also yes. present it to the gods, and then you consume it that's that's what the ancient greeks did that was their practice and that's kind of what they carried out through uh through their whole time and fe- as far as animal sacrifice goes
0: i know the i know uh the or uh orpheus you know the people who practice orphism uh, were vegetarians they ate a lot of beans and like legumes and things like that but yeah. um it just depends on the part of the culture the, the culture the part of the world i mean you know we live in a a modern society that Everything's all about commerce and fucking like numbers and capitalism and shit. So, yeah, they put preservatives in like damn near everything like a like a, like, you know, apples and shit. You know, they, they they don't grow anything the same anymore. I try to eat as clean as I can. Like I try to buy good personally, good, good. If it's going to be meat, good stuff. Not I've never I've never eaten Tyson to my knowledge, be honest, unless <laughs> oh, given it to me. Not I mean, I, no I don't year. buy it. <laughs>
3: I had years ago. Um, yeah, it's, it's mainly, well, it's it's really weird though too. So like most hot dogs, Almost. they kind of like they grind up bones. They got. oh
0: like hot dogs.
3: And they well, a lot <laughs> Shit, of I want some hot do dogs eat. right now, man. <laughs> well, they're grind they're grinding up not just the meat, but like everything just to pump into this like little <laughs> section of like random viscera that they're letting you eat. Um, so like I, that's not even healthy.
0: I don't like foods that so. look like I. I don't like to eat foods that look kind of phallic looking. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs>
3: That's motherfucker. You don't like bananas. Yeah. I love bananas.
0: <laughs> no, well, well, but actually, bananas are accepted. You this fruit. What was that? <laughs> They're
3: very phallic looking, though. <laughs>
0: <laughs> bananas are like the only thing, I guess. But like, I chop those bad boys up, man. Put them with some cereal, some oatmeal, or something. <laughs> you, don't, you don't
3: eat a cucumber like this.
0: No. <laughs>
2: dude i'm fucking so hungry for hot dogs and fucking cucumbers man <laughs>
0: fucking bananas and shit let me oh my god you want to get like a bunch of fucking sausages just to eat those dude. those bitches like with the whole you know what i mean <laughs> them fuckers whole and shit
2: or come a fucking
3: gag reflex oh your gag reflex is on point gary you don't have any gag reflex we all know that <laughs> thank god we all know that so
0: so 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 dude seriously man we've like we've kind of segued into a really really interesting subject there which is about food and it's making me so i have some questions for hunter now about this though because i know like uh in in hinduism right like it's 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 encouraged to be a vegetarian for for more spiritual purposes i'm guessing right like i mean i know
3: oh well i just want to interject real quick um because i have a youtube channel and over 50% of my viewer base is in India because I talk about Hindu stuff. I get comments all the time. You can't be Hindu if you eat beef. And it's like, I haven't even, and then they, they expect me because I'm American to, to eat beef all the time. I haven't really? eaten beef in over 10 years. And, but like, I'm like, I don't, I, and I keep on replying, but I get all these <laughs> comments expecting really? that I eat cheeseburgers. But anyway, go ahead. It's just, it's just over and over.
0: Okay. I have a question. I, like, I, how, how, how often do you get those?
3: um like
0: Mm.
3: so are you talking about on all my videos i would say i get at least i would say i get about 20 comments a week but like i got a lot of videos man so but it's it's more so it's more prejudice as far as like how people view americans than it is like me personally so it's it's i understand it i I always respond the same way and and people a lot of times sound surprised like oh okay that's great and then I get I get that response a lot, but that's just that's just kind of like uh, cultural bias, I suppose.
0: Americans only eat cheeseburgers. We all know that.
3: Yeah. <laughs> like, no. I'm no, I'm, no. I'm going to say this. Personally, I'm going to
2: inject here. <laughs> and I'm sorry. <laughs> Hindus are extremely imbalanced. And I'm going to say this as a personal trainer and somebody who actually does this as a living. <laughs> okay. We get a lot of Hindus coming in especially in for me personally at Texas Family Fitness we have a lot of Hindus coming in asking to put on muscle mass and to take off fat they have the same issue it's always in their gut um, they can't keep muscle mass and a lot of it deals from an dude, unhealthy that's just balance Texas. Hindus bro that's Texans man what
3: are you talking bro about?
2: most of these people that
3: come <laughs> in <laughs> are Hindus oh, dude are I'm about? not
2: even <laughs> sh-
3: I'm not even shitting you man the, no, I. Dude, but I, I know see. Hindus. I also know bodybuilders. But like, no, it's just like a Texas. How thing. many I
2: bodybuilding see. Hindus do you fucking see? Do I
3: see or do I? I'm <laughs> <two>. a serious <laughs> fucking question.
2: How many bodybuilding <laughs> Hindus do you see?
3: Okay, so are you talking about Hindus or are you talking about Indians? Because I know a lot of Hindus that aren't Indians. Oh, are shit. you just talking about straight, like from India? Like, what where, where are we talking? What are we talking about here? Straight
2: Hindus. Hindu. Straight Hindu. I know a
3: lot of Hindu white people who who are Hindu. So, what, what are
2: we talking about here? Straight. I'm talking. I don't know how to speak their language. I'm not respected. <laughs> All right. Well, I know who we're talking Straight about. now. H-
3: <laughs> so go ahead, Gary. <laughs> from, from India. From Nepal. So from we're, talking about, whole, we're talking about Indians.
2: Right. <laughs> okay. As a person, okay? I you got see the
3: bias too. Because uh, not all Indians I know are are Hindu. Some of them are Sikh. Some of them are Jain. Some of them are Buddhist. Some of them are even Muslim. Right, right. But I'm speaking
2: straight Nepal. I'm speaking straight around Hindu. (laughs) Okay. India, right there in that general vicinity. Nepal, Hindu, like dude, right there in India. Brown people, I got
3: you. Go ahead.
2: Right, (laughs) they got the they got the thing right on their head for the third eye. Yes, exactly. Wait,
0: I'm, I'm brown, <laughs> you
3: I'm right. a little bit. Well, actually, no, I'm very pale. Never mind. Go ahead, Gary. <laughs> All I'm saying is
2: that according to them and their nutrition and the, what they're trying to achieve metabolically, their diet is completely fucked off. And this is just based off of from what I've seen. I know – I'm waiting
3: waiting for when the racism becomes even more obvious, but go ahead, (laughs) Gary. (laughs) It's not. Go ahead, Gary. Go ahead. Dude, it's it's completely not.
2: When they come in, they have a, a a an idea of where they want to be, okay? Physiologically. And based off of what they're eating physiologically. Their diet is what is keeping their back.
3: Okay, so okay. What, what foods are we talking – what diet? Let's let's focus less on the people more than the diet that you're talking about. What What is the that's, diet?
2: Dude, that's a whole different thing. I don't even know it's, you know
3: it's what we're talking about actually. It's not a whole different thing. We're not talking about the people. We're talking about the diet. What, what diet are you talking about?
2: I really honestly think that they just drink a lot of beer personally. <laughs> Hindus? <laughs>
3: <laughs> wait, hold on a second. Wait, I I I, I forget who we're... Been, wait, who, who are we calling out here? Oh, you, heard, you, you heard, you, right. You you heard me right. you heard me. Texans this whole time.
0: <laughs> oh my gosh, you guys are ridiculous. <laughs> Audience, just so you'll know, Gary and Hunter are in Texas. Yeah. Just to let you know. I don't know oh, if you guys yeah, care about that. that or not.
2: Wait, we're in Wow, holy shit! We know each other. Oh my god, we've hung out before. Are you serious? Anyway, anyway, in particular, from what I understand, and this is getting to the point, Hunter, um, me per in particular, um, training these, uh, training the Hindu people that come in, um, me personally, no, okay, um, from what I've heard from my superiors and from what they bring in. Wait, hold on.
3: Wait, are your superiors QAnon or are they uh,
2: we're talking about good superiors? <laughs> uh, I love how this is going. I really do. I really do. Okay, but according according wait, wait. to according to them and what they're trying to bring in, when it comes to protein synthesis, when it comes to hypertrophy, and when it comes to BCAs, EAAs, when it comes to branch-chained aminos actually entering your bloodstream and feeding the muscle what they need, they're lacking sufficient um macronutrients so to speak within their bodies which makes them extremely imbalanced okay now that's just coming from a personal trainer and um nutritionist okay um now i haven't been a personal trainer that long okay i'm just gonna say that right out loud um at the same time i've also listened to a lot of different things and theories about where these imbalances come from um not getting enough proteins through the body not being active enough okay because being active is key to resting metabolic rate which is key to burning your calories which is key to maintaining basically a different physique from what we want okay now the basic when it comes down to it is you need to there's just this, this is another mythology when it comes to the fitness industry it's either you base um, per kilogram of body weight or base pound per body weight, which is an American way of doing it. Um, And I've heard both ways. Uh, From what I understand, the kilogram is the way, but from what I understand through the actual physical fitness industry and where I've been through these different progressions, it is pound. So basically if you match pound per body weight, and you're taking in that protein, and you're actually building for hypertrophy. You're um, you need that much protein. So, say for instance, I am 222 pounds of a person. Okay, I need to match that per pound um, for what I am. Okay, so whether that comes from lentils, um, peas, whatever pea protein, whatever whey protein.
3: Protein is what you're talking. You're talking about
2: the macronutrients that are protein. That's what you're getting at. Correct. Correct. Now, Now, back to when it comes to the Hindu side, apparently they are lacking a significant amount of protein. They're not getting enough protein from whatever source. Okay. But they
0: drink a lot of – but they're drinking beer, you're saying, some of them are like –
2: I swear. I swear to you, man. Yes.
3: (laughs) I will. I work. That might be that might be part of it, uh, because the, because beer's not gonna. But okay, so so there's this there's this myth that I'd like to address that that meat is where you get protein. I feel like that we keep on coming back to this point. Um, there, True. No. So all all protein that you get from meat is recycled protein. Where the protein starts is actually in vegetables. That's why you have animals that eat vegetables that get all this muscle mass is because they're actually eating just from the protein source so um we 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 have this culture both in the united states and around the world that the idea that protein is only produced if you eat meat but that's just not the case you can get cleaner protein and and, and protein that doesn't call cause high cholesterol from plants including broccoli by the way but m- honestly there's a bunch of it's vegetables finished. not just beans not just legumes that have protein in them a lot of vegetables have protein so there it sounds like Whoever you're talking about Hindus, but I know plenty of Hindus that do lift weights. Um, but it, it sounds like they're not either they're drinking <laughs> too much beer, like you said, and they uh, they're not eating enough uh, protein itself. It sounds like they're eating too much grain. They're so drinking too like much they're, soy they're, milk. Their <laughs> grain their grain intake and their soy intake is too high, is what it sounds like.
0: A lot of a lot of soy soy intake, man, which is why their voices are fucking higher and shit too. you know, like no like no joke, really. I'm serious, man. Like, you ever talk to someone who, like, just drinks soy milk like the way Hunter's, like, knocking back the beer right now? <laughs> What's up, <laughs> <on>, dude? How <laughs> are we getting to man? I'm messing with you, man. Holy ass <laughs> fucking pussy, man. I attacked. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you I'll
3: take oh, both of you on right now. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, but I kind of wonder, man, like, that. see, now, now you you now have both of you have me thinking about um, spiritual cultivation and what you eat, because I've read a lot of texts, man. Over the you know the years, I've been seeking and and whatnot, and I've read some that are like, you know, like what is it, the the holy science, you know, with Sri Yukoswar. You've read that, right? The holy science and the, and the holy science. He says that we're meant to eat fruits and vegetables. He didn't say grains. He just says we're not meant to like kill animals and and like I can I can kind of get down with that. But I also know that there is something about taking some, I'm going to say flush, <laughs> and putting it on a fire and heating it up and then eating it and then going miles and miles to gather. You know, like there's something, there's something inner, there is something energetic about that. And I know, um, it gives you a high.
3: That. It gives you a Incessory. high. A high? It gives you a high. No, there's, there's just, there, that's another term Ancestral. like. Yeah, so so there's this high that you get from eating meat, like because it it does tap into that more animal nature, and you you feel that you feel this drive within. Keep in mind that you're, you're you're consuming something that that has had animalistic instincts. That it's not it's not like pure clean consciousness like plants, what have you. But you're taking it in, and you feel this high. You're like, I feel great. I feel like I have more energy. I feel like I can do anything. Um, but it's it's there's a question of if it's a false high, if it's naturally your body reacting to the meat, and how long that you can ma- maintain this high if you keep on eating meat every day for your entire life, because eventually your na- your system naturally kind of like peters out the high kind of like goes down as the years go by, uh, as it affects your body. But the, the high does last for decades. It lasts for about three decades, I think.
0: Now this is now, now I want to bring up kind of like a controversial, uh, point here <laughs> as well. Oh Really?
3: The first one.
0: <laughs> well, when it comes to like, when it comes to like, uh, what you eat, like meat versus, um, this is this, it definitely isn't about like meat eating versus vegetarianism. I've done both. Um, honestly, we're totally down with Hunter. He he's a vegan. I, I have mad respect, but like, this is his, this is my controversial point.
3: I don't want your respect for that. Give me respect for something else. <laughs> I don't, I don't, want, <laughs> so like, I don't want to make anybody feel bad. Like, so,
0: no, I, not, you're, not, gonna, you're not, bro. You're not.
3: i I keep on getting this vibe that like i'm not trying to make people feel bad this is just like my own personal thing i am not oh i love it
0: dude i (laughs) i love that i love that you're sharing this but like uh here's, here's my controversial point yeah my controversial point is this if you notice um when you when you look on like youtube or any kind of media television whatnot right uh you see like like buff like trainers and shit they're always meat eaters for the most part i mean there's some vegan ones there's like vegan gains and on youtube and then they're kind of swole well not and then when you see like some of the spiritual teachers like the men you know they're they have more of like a feminine vibe to them (laughs) and i don't mean that in a bad way i just mean like they like I mean, I'm not saying they're, like, <laughs> Gary's busting up over here. I'm not saying that they're, like, they're pussies or anything. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying they have more of, like, a feminine energy about them. I'm You're serious, right? You're begging the right? question, bro. You're begging the question. What no, I'm, I'm just saying, like, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of wondering what, what, what it is because I noticed, like, when I've watched some of the, like, lesser-known gurus in the past, right, like – um they're a little bit, and and it's not about being slender. And I'm still a little, I'm, I'm kind of lean myself, but I'm saying they have like an essence about them that's a little bit like, like it's it's a little bit, um, how to say it, you know, like.
3: <laughs> Bodie, your your body is more feminine than mine. It is you're <laughs> thin. What are you talking about, man? <laughs> you're thin. <laughs> now Gary has the most muscle out of all of us, but I've been. hundred.
0: How much do you weigh though? See? yeah
3: i weigh 210
0: oh you oh yeah you're right yeah you're heavier than me. i'm 175 <laughs>
3: i'm 210 and i'm 5 9
0: okay okay so like, yeah I, I'm like
3: I'm, you don't necessarily get thin by just eating vegetables by the way as well so i
0: do No. i'm no, no i'm i'm just i'm just saying like when i when i when i notice like some of the carry <laughs> when i've noticed some of the like spiritual teachers they they're, they're usually a little bit kind of it was, you know, a little bit kind of feminine vibe going on. So some of them, not all of them. You yeah, know, like fuck the those
3: guys. It's, we should only be men, right? We're all men here.
0: Yeah, they, you know, they have like a higher voice, and they're kind of they're sort of, sort of like, you want to eat more vegetables? And, you know, they're kind of like that not Like, here you go. go uh, Get the gym. <laughs> I'm, I don't, I'm I don't serious. like
3: the room anymore. <laughs> so, so we should we also talk about we should have a balance of both feminine and masculine energy in us. So, I'll like, that. and what actually is true masculinity and not toxic max masculinity? So, I'm getting a lot of toxic masculinity <laughs> vibes right now. Uh, and oh yeah, I I just told that all the time. <laughs> Like we're not. Oh, people
0: getting- always tell me I'm also, toxic masculine.
3: Gary, I can't even. I've just been looking at a bubble on Gary's side this whole time. I can't even see him, so I just. I don't even know what he's doing. But, but I feel like there's a little bit of toxic masculinity entering in. But maybe I'm in the wrong room to talk about that. But I, a- I,
0: I, I. Uh, sometimes I kind of, I kind of, sometimes I kind of get like that, personally. Oh, I've I know. T- yeah. <laughs>
3: Mainly it's Gary, but a little bit every now and then from you.
0: <laughs> this I mean
3: motherfucker gonna call me out. All right, it's cool. I'm
0: sure there's somebody out there listening that's like, yeah, I kind of, I've kind of noticed that like a few gurus before were a little bit kind of like, you know, the Buddha.
3: Okay, so the Buddha himself, Siddhartha Gautama, um, he's often portrayed as being between male and female because he yeah. had a balance of those energies. Um, right, we right. Don't actually, know how he looks, but a lot of the depictions are a balance of the energies. Now, Paramasi Okananda, he does have some feminine vibe about him, but we we have to talk about. So, I guess he doesn't
0: this, count though. I'm always talking about him.
3: <laughs> yeah. So I guess we should. I guess this is leading into. So I guess screw reincarnation because we haven't gotten to that at all. But uh, I guess I guess what we're <laughs> looking into is what's true masculinity and what's toxic masculinity. I, I think that wow. is what we're kind of going into it. Wow,
2: point. Uh, we should have got Ian in on this motherfucker because it could have been part three. None of us were masculine. Sh- sh- I
0: just, I just, I just joke <laughs> with myself about it because sometimes I, I laugh at things I, I watch like you know, in movies like the James Bond movies, bro, where it's like bro. smacking the ladies around. You know, like sometimes I'll be like, it's kind of funny, but it's not funny. So that's like my to- toxic, toxic masculine side going. <laughs> oh my God! This is, he is yeah. human can still. I can I
2: can I intervene for one <laughs> second? Okay. Yeah. What is considered toxic to one is considered completely normal and um, acceptable to another. It depends on the relationship. It depends on who you're with, and it depends on how you all intermingle with each other. Okay. This all comes into BDSM. This all comes into a healthy oh, relationship. Yes. And now, look, look, okay, I'm not going to jump into all the statistics here, okay? But if your girl and who you you're have- with, in particular, who is fem- is feminine, needs to be smacked up a little bit because she wants that from you as her daddy or whoever the fuck. Oh, man, okay? I-,
0: I love where this is going.
2: <laughs> if she wants that, if she wants, if she wants that. Who am I to not give that to her because that is fulfilling her needs as a divine feminine? Okay, now look, this goes Hold on a second parents
3: uh, need to be smacked around as a divine feminine. I don't think look, that's look, part look, of the divine feminine. We're
2: we're not we're not we're not talking about slapping somebody around as like shut the fuck up like you're my— No, like, I know, no. I know, but I
3: don't think the divine feminine needs to be like be subordinate or be Now, let me
2: let every
3: okay, let me pause for 1 second. Who no, don't you, don't in here mean, in
2: this no. podcast right now right now doesn't need to be smacked the fuck up occasionally <laughs> from time to time.
3: Gary, I wish you would try <laughs> this motherfucker, I love how, so how he comes back. It's cute.
0: I'm the one that likes smacking, so.
2: It's cute. It's cute. We all need to be smacked the fuck up from time to time. <laughs> Whether that be verbally, spiritually, physically, whatever, okay? We all need to be put in our place from time to time because the truth be told, we're all toxic. You, me, Bodhi, okay, so we're all I'm not fucking toxic. About
3: so it sounded no. like you were just talking about sexually smacked up, like no, no, I think no. I it's part of the divine feminine per se. <laughs> um
2: now that's that that comes into a lot of different okay. We're not we're
3: not jumping
2: into that. Okay, for the time being, okay, unless we want to jump into that. Whatever, there's many topics. It up bouncing – The
3: divine feminine wanted to be smacked around. What happened to Lilith, man? I thought Lilith was your girl. She doesn't want to be smacked around. What are you talking about? Oh, what
2: Bro, what no the IG okay um yeah that I'm not even going to jump into that topic. Um, yeah.
3: Yeah, okay. you're going somewhere. Yeah,
2: right. No, bro. Dude, oh, my God. Samuel will smack the fuck out of Lilith. And Lilith will smack the fuck out of Samuel. You want to hear it, dude? Like, honestly, these two will go back and forth. DF, DM, whatever. OK. What the point is, is where we meet in between. What we're talking about right now is how these energies coexist, how they c- coincide, <laughs> and how they live Fluctually within each other. No, I
3: I dig it. I don't think that we have to do the smacking though. I think that. So I think that. I love the smacking. Recently, I think that there's like a. I think there's a give and take between the divine, divine feminine and divine masculine. I think that there's a give and take. I think that it doesn't have to be aggressive. I think that there's a there's a union and there's a and there's a balance between um, control. So 50-50 control is like is like the perfect circle, right? So I I I don't think that uh, if we're entering the sexual side of it in maybe there's not of the divine, but maybe yeah, there's shit this magic going on. But <laughs> as far as the actual exchange of energies, there is an equal, a, e- e- of control, a circle. There's an equality of control between the divine feminine and divine masculine.
0: Now, now to tie everything together, isn't, isn't that the most important, one of the most important features when it comes to cultivation, it's kind of bringing those two energies together. Cause like uh, going back to what we're talking about earlier, uh, I'm not saying eating too much meat is bad or eating too much veggies are bad. Just but balancing like out
2: with vegetables yeah, out. and protein, right? Just like in sex and divine masculine and feminine. Balance them out. Because the truth Like true, uh, I, I actually
0: call my my diet, you know, like my eating habits. I I just call it the way of no way, you know, or, or just the intuitive uh, diet because I just I'm eating and ingesting what I feel I should be putting in and I'm doing it as consciously as as, as I can, you know, as consciously as I, as I as I can possible, you know, so um I don't I'm not eating animal protein because it's the best protein or it's the only protein I've already mentioned earlier. Why? But uh, yeah, you're you know, when it comes to like going back to the protein thing, you know, beans have a lot of protein. Green beans have a lot of protein. Broccoli can have protein
3: steak
0: yeah 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 things like that you know but like i want to kind of go with the uh the topic for a bit on spiritual diets because we have been told um by some of the ancients you know like the you were saying the ancient greeks and it made me think of the of orphism you know the the followers of orpheus were vegetarians the Essenes are vegetarians The Jains are vegetarians and vegans, Hindus, usually vegetarians, but then you have other religions like uh, Sikhism. They're not, you know, they're, they eat more what Muslims will eat. You know what I mean? Um, And then of course, as you go more and more into the Western philosophies outside of uh, Gnostics, they, they tend to eat animals and hunt animals and all this kind of stuff, though, and it just seems like strains of the philosophy, kind of of different philosophies, kind of reach certain peoples during different times. Obviously, and uh, I can't really think of a tribal culture uh, that is vegetarian, but but I'll educate me if you know one, because I'm sure there are some in the world. I'm sure there have been some.
3: So I, here's the thing: I, I think I think there's a false dichotomy here that you're presenting. So no, there's not tribal cultures that are vegetarian. You're right. There's also not mm-hmm. any ones that uh, have meat pr- processing plants or factory farms. So I
1: yeah,
3: I think that the two are kind of equal on that. So like mm-hmm. uh, none of these tribes um, have other people kill their stuff and then process it. So I, I think that I think that this that's is correct. art as if it's vegetarian or not because it's we're we're, mm-hmm. we're trying to connect tribes to how we exist now. And yeah, if if you're if you're on that level and you have that relationship to nature and you have a relationship to animals, and all as far as I know, most tribes really actually thank the animal for the meat after they kill it, mm-hmm. and they use every part of the animal. Now, yep. comparing that to now and what we do, uh, there's no comparison whatsoever as far as meat consumption in the United States, anyway. There's there's no connection to the animal whatsoever. You don't even know exactly what state it came from, let alone what forest or let alone who killed it or how. Like there's no there's no connection to what you're consuming whatsoever. It's just consumerism. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, there's no tribes that were completely vegetarian. No, there there never was, but there's also no tribes who went through this whole process. It makes it
0: there there might have been some vegetarian tribes is what I'm saying. like there could have been, you know that that we're not aware of. it's it's possible that somewhere in, I don't I just can't I just don't know any off the top of my head, but I'm saying it's it's possible that there were some, you know, there there could have been a civilization somewhere in the Amazon that did it. Or uh, in Africa, or, or in India, anywhere, Europe, even. Uh, I saw an article that I that I read that were they were examining uh, teeth of Neanderthals that had plaque, and they were saying that it's likely that certain Neanderthals during certain times of the year only ate plants. They were plant-based eaters, depending on what they were able to gather. You know, and they so I mean,
3: as 003 percent Neanderthal DNA. But I mean that that's not against your point per se. But uh, we've actually came, we've come from a lot of different peoples as well. So uh, the, yeah, there's it, it's weird how it's interesting at, rather how humanity is combined with various forms of itself, and it all it also makes it makes me wonder. So there's there's this question that's always so when somebody's arguing with a vegan or a vegetarian or vegans and vegetarians are arguing with each other, there's always a the question of oh what are we naturally supposed to eat? Um, I think. I think it's kind of missing the point so if we look if we look at our mouths we have uh kind of like the really thin teeth at the front and then the 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 kind of like broad teeth in the back it it looks Mm -hmm. like a lot of dinosaurs that just ate plants so and but our body also has the acids to break down meats in our stomach and that was learned over time but i i think that i think that both views are kind of missing the point whether we're supposed to eat animals or we're not supposed to eat animals i think like what what will our body be most most healthy on and what helps us realize a higher level of consciousness because we're not we're no longer just relying on the operating system that is our body we have more choice than we've ever had and the choices that we have now can tap into higher conscious consciousnesses that perhaps um our ancestors no didn't have the option of having they didn't have the option of having all this various knowledge or this connection that we're even having from this phone so as a developing species how can we develop further and how can we both respect our ancestors, tap into them, but also become human beings who are moving forward and not using the animal instinct toxically? Mm. OK,
0: that's a pretty, pretty decent point. I like that argument. Well, because a lot of people like still I mean, I don't I don't partake in, in those kinds of uh Debates anyway, especially, you know, have been on both sides of the fence. Yes. <laughs> Find it quite fruitless to kind of engage engage in that. Mm-hmm. When someone's like, you should be drinking soy milk, not dairy milk.
3: Or, or are you, you should... have Christians uh, that say, I, oh, the, the anus wasn't meant for sex. So gay people are unnatural because we weren't supposed to have, we weren't supposed to have anal sex because our bodies are the, 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 the anus is not meant to have sex with. Ah, uh, so that's naturally against oh, man. Uh, how God made us, bro. So, I, I, I Christians do, I... <laughs> Christians make that argument too, like the anus isn't meant for sex. But yeah, but we're we're <laughs> we're human beings who can make choices now. We're no longer animals that are forced by de- by forced by de- by design to be this way or that. We have choice. So now we have a higher level of choice. And if you want to be gay, that's fine. Even if the anus wasn't. Originally, by evolution, meant for sex, like Christians say.
0: <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, which which kind of brings me to like another point of like, uh, organized religions and stuff. And again, I'm, I want to put a disclaimer. I'm not bashing. I'm not telling anybody what to believe, what to do, what to eat. Nothing like that at all. But my own personal experience of this stuff is that I think that, like I said in your show, you know you had the founders right you had jesus you had the buddha you had uh zoroaster yeah you, 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 you know there's the founders of these movements and they they received you know they downloaded some sort of gnosis they had some sort of experiences over time and then those experiences became uh, written down by scribes and and then you know uh some authoritarians took the scribes what the scribes wrote down and just sort of made like rules and regulations and things out of them, a certain amount of them. And I think they did that to keep society safe on one hand, but also uh, to keep it like in line. So in the case of India, right, you know, you have um, a lot of natural forest around India, like in, you know, like Central and South India. You know, it's like, don't go into forest. There's a tiger that in there that can devour you, you know, so stay here and if you're a uh, Vashya, you know, like stay on a farm. If you're a Shudra, you know, uh, clean up and serve the other cast. If you're, you know, you know what I'm saying. If you're a Brahmin, stay in a temple. You know, like the caste system to kind of keep everyone in line.
3: Well,
0: you know, don't will, don't.
3: Just a quick interjection that a lot of the mm-hmm. caste system that was enforced was Brit British by design. The British actually enforced the caste system in a completely new way. that kind of redesigned it. But go ahead.
0: Of course, they did. Shout out to the to the uh, we just the queen just passed away. Anyway, <laughs> that's another subject.
3: <laughs> I I don't like her based on how much colonialization that she enforced. But yeah,
0: <laughs> right now someone's turning the podcast off. with a big fuck you, right? Just that that just heard that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah. So I'm just saying, like all these different things were. Um, uh, Man, I'm almost forgetting my point, man. I kind of went off on this long like, tangent here for a little bit. Basically, I was saying that rules and regulations, you know, like I just kind of gave like a short uh, evolution of the a possible evolution of where certain religions kind of derived from and came from, you know, which leading us up to where we are today. You know, so it's like rules and regulations came from the scribes or came from what the scribes had written down, which came from the experiences of the founders of these religions, which didn't mean to find them in the first place maybe they did maybe they didn't i don't know whole point of what i'm saying though is how much of it can actually help us you know because i just think it's all about your personal relationship with spirit or what whatnot you know i think that there is uh, a lot of usefulness out of um religions certainly you know uh, whatever you're studying but it has to be personalized to some point there has to be a the mystical experience
3: would would you that agree not necessarily what path you walk but how you walk it
0: exactly
1: uh, yeah.
3: um because um there's a lot of catholics and christians that i know i i've never been i wasn't raised christian i i, was, I wasn't raised with anything um but it seems like there's a lot of even you know catholics and christians i know that seem to be using christianity quite well um and to be completely good people uh, i i think that i think so the the bible for instance using a particular scripture it can either be something it can it can be a hammer so you can either use a hammer to build something or you can use it to bash somebody's head in um that go that goes back to uh animalistic instinct how are you using your religion and are you using it to its highest potential and if you're not using it to its highest potential, it doesn't really matter what religion you're a part of. You're going to be a bigot, and you're going to try to bash somebody's head in with it, no matter what kind of dogma it is. And dogma forms over time. So dogma forms out of a necessity a necessity by the leadership to want to maintain power and to force people into their understanding of things and not their own understanding. So that's that's why we have the term in magic of personal gnosis and why personal gnosis is so valuable is because you have a lot of even, even heathens. And I consider myself partly heathen, um, and a lot of my stuff is heathen. Um, that are are completely reconstructionist and just want to go on historical sources, but that also kind of negates your connection to the gods or to the spirits. Um, if you have your own connection to the gods or spirits or various beings, um, and you're not trying and you're not trying to make it definitive for other people, then that's kind of where everybody's ancestors were and where everybody really hmm. should be, their own relationship to the gods to spirit and not necessarily trying to follow the uh, any kind of any kind of pre-established dogma based on what's been discovered historically or what has been maintained historically if that makes any sense
0: yeah no, i mean it, it does make sense. sense yeah it makes a lot of sense because i i just think like overall the the thing that matters most is where you are consciously you know uh i think that any kind of spiritual system or practice in essence is about discovering uh the, like the god within yourself like you're like kind of something like what gary was saying in the our previous recording you know like you know you're a god he's a god but by Most knowing of. that knowing knowing the real meaning and essence of that and that's i think that's what truly steers where we go from here and our like eternal voyage that's what and i
3: call it you know, and so, so can i tell a funny story about vedanta so I, I, I'm i kind of a Vedanta. So I believe everything's part of the same thing. I believe everything's part of the same poem. I'm very Vedantic in that way. So um Vivakananda wrote this work called Practical Vedanta. So um, what I try to, what I, the reason why I use this story, and the reason why I think about it is because I try to figure out what is practical about understanding everything is the same thing. I, I think that it is the same thing. And I believe that it's the same thing. So in this story, Vivekananda uh, Vivekananda talked about this guy who, he just went into restaurants, and then he just took from all, all the cash registers. Say, "Well, this is my money, just like it's anybody else's, because everything is one." So eventually, eventually, he went to court, of course, and uh, he was brought up on charges. And uh, the judge said, "Okay, I'm, you, you're your to 100 lashes." And uh-huh. um, when when they were lashing this, when he when the when the guy when the uh, not executioner but torturer was lashing this guy, the guy cries out in play, pain and says, "Please stop!" And then he's like. What are you talking about? There's nothing to feel pain. It's all it the whip in you is one. The skin in you is one. How are you feeling any pain? Whips him again. Ow, that hurts. Please stop. Oh, fuck. Uh, <laughs> ow, that hurts. Please stop. How can how can you feel pain? You and the whip are one. Whips him again. What? The, and and it and the question becomes somebody shoot we, that motherfucker, please. No, 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 no <laughs> but but
2: but how can he die because of both in Fuck are, are you talking so, about? <laughs> So, Get the fuck can, out of here! Shove that enlightenment can, shit up your
3: ass. This <laughs> isn't even my story. <laughs> I know, I know, but you, the, the question—the question becomes: What is so? Like, I believe everything is one. I do, but how can we? How can we transmit that in a practical the way that we can use in life without being like, okay, well, that guy's money is mine. Let me just take that money. Is, is right. there take? Is there anything to receive if everything is one? So. My focus is not necessarily to go away from everything as one, but the question remains, how do we make that truth practical for us in our daily lives? How do we become a more compassionate being and a being that is more connected um, and make it make it something that we can live rather than just an idea, some kind of esoteric idea that we have in our heads? How do we make it practical? How, How do we make it usable? The idea of oneness. How do we make it a part of ourselves, rather than it just being some esoteric idea that we throw out there? That's just something that we keep on saying. Because I hate the idea that we keep on saying it and not living it, not realizing Bro, it, not it, not using it, not using it. So it's individualized,
2: Hunter. Exactly. It's so individualized. We, that motherfucker this? cracking the whip was at one with the whip. Like yeah. you don't. You're at one with whatever the fuck. Not like no. Do you, a guy at the other end. Guess what? He's in a whole different set of gnosis when okay, it comes so to this there, particular so there, so
3: there is a difference between the gnosis so there is some kind of difference yes most definitely okay okay, okay so how, do, how do we understand the oneness and use the difference to progress mm-hmm. ourselves as spiritual beings because the, that, because oneness true. is just an idea that we float around in, and i believe in oneness but i hate saying it and not being able to make it practical for everybody so how do we make the idea of oneness practical I barely
0: even talk about it, man. To be honest, uh, like I mean, I, I talk about it, but I don't talk about it that as much as I used to because I think like uh, Western sensibilities are a lot different because we're much more individualistic here, so it's easy for us to just talk about it as like a romantic idea. You know, we like everything is, and I see this shit on Facebook all the time, and I got a lot of spiritual friends that are just like, everything is one. It's like motherfucker, you don't <laughs> believe do that do it, shit, man. You don't. Know, do you do shit? believe it. You Fucking light bringer, go that. meet
2: Satan, motherfucker.
0: I know, I know damn well that half the people who post that don't actually really believe that because if they you did need more darkness. Hmm?
3: or understand it, it's about truly understanding that.
0: Well, yes. I, I think, I think, to, I mean, this is, I'm not, a, I'm not claiming to be this enlightened master at all, like by no means, but I, I think that the way to understand it is just to go into self. And I, when I say self, I don't mean the, you know bode self. i mean like self self you know whatever the the who that is piloting this avatar going into that self that's the only way to really understand they really understand that and i don't think it takes much denying of your senses as much or going in himalayas and things like that all those like more you know what i'm saying that's, but like that's,
2: avoid- that's avoidance bro Going into the Himalayas and avoiding everything that has to do with humanity to get away from yeah. it so you can become enlightened, into one supreme being that is avoiding the humanity, that is avoiding the destruction, that is avoiding everything that the suffering that is going on below us, okay, which is the Bodhis which is what the bodhisattvas taught, which goes back into what the original topic less of reincarnation
0: yeah yeah well well because and, and i say that because again i'm going into like i'm speaking from uh, a western point of view uh from western disabilities are we're very individualistic so it's i'm gonna be honest man it's i will say that the as much as i love i am that and it's a maharaj you know and, and i love Vedanta as a philosophy too but it is I think for most, I'm not speaking really for myself, but just the countless uh, numbers of people I've uh, talked to during and after songs over the years and just had random conversations about it. I haven't talked about it much in the podcast, but I'd like to a little more. I was going to say most people aren't cut out for it. And the reason is, is because of, when you really dig into the nuts and bolts of a fight of a and what it is, it doesn't improve your life. It does it will not make you a better person it's not supposed to make you a better person it's supposed to wake you up beyond the person so yeah. if a person wants to become if they want to live a more peaceful existence or they want to be more uh generous if they want to be more productive that's not the philosophy for them to study at all it's not going to do that and the reason this is because like you're saying everything is one being cracked with the whip you know being being the one cracking the whip you know, what I'm saying, like, it's not going to really. Advaita Vedanta isn't meant to uh, make a person physically strong or healthy or avoiding disease or and none of that shit, dude. It's it, it is it is like it goes beyond human humanity. I mean, it's human, but it, it goes beyond it. It it embraces all, and most people can't handle that. <laughs> to be honest, yeah, they want to be cool. a better I, person. I
3: don't think most people can actualize it. So there's 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 an yeah. idea, and then there's actualizing the idea. And I think I think that there's my I think my frustration, not even this is actually isn't counter to what anybody's been saying right now. But I think my frustration on my own path with myself is trying to understand that everything is one, but actually using it as a function in my life. So that goes down to on an individual level. Um, how, how am I going to how am I going to make this oneness a part of how I function as an individual? Um, I, I guess we can talk about that. Be, you know, being vegan is part of that where I'm not co- I'm not supporting the harm of the pain of animals who suffer and die. I'm not supporting that as part of that. Um, but there's also other ways that you live your life and interact with people on a very basic community level that you you understand, even even if somebody pisses you off um, that, you know, you try to understand it in a compassionate way where, okay, you don't know what they're going through. You're not in their shoes. Perhaps they're having a bad day, blah, blah, blah. But if somebody if somebody harms you um, and you respond with equal force rather than too much force over than how they responded, it's like tit for tat. That's another a practice of oneness where it's like, okay, you you reacted that way. I'm going to react this way. Equal force, equal measure. So I, I, guess, I guess where people or just humanity slips up is that there's a lot of perceived slights and there's a lot of perceived pain that we thought other people caused us when, in fact, we were we were causing that pain to ourselves and we're blaming other things. And I think that mm. one, one way to use oneness and understand it is, is understanding. Uh, so the Buddha said something, uh, Siddhartha Gautama said something very frustrating to a lot of people. He said that if you're harmed is because you have the capacity to be harmed. Um, so I think that and also Marcus Marcus Aurelius says something very similar. So yeah. I think that uh if we have to understand our our ability to allow others to harm us. Now, if I'm mainly talking about emotionally, but if somebody physically hits you, then yeah, hit them back. But how how much of that hit was just physical pain and how much of it was emotional pain? Our 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 inability to process. Um, the emotional harm and being able to be like, okay, yeah, I'll hit that. I'll respond to that person, but I don't have to be hurt emotionally. Like it, I, I am. I am a bulwark against mm-hmm. the world itself and the harm that others can cause me. So there, there's a lot of there's a lot of practical oneness that we can figure out in our own lives. But I I hate it just being an idea without making it practice. And I I don't know if I don't know if I don't know if Vedanta is for more than humanity or humanity or less than humanity. I, I don't know. All, I can, all mm. I can do is try to make that oneness real for me and how I interact with people and my relationship to the world. I don't know if we're supposed to eat meat. I don't know if these philosophies mm. are higher or lower. All I can do is try to make everything practical for me and make them effective for myself. I don't want to make judgments on if these things were meant to be or not. I just need to figure out how I can be the most efficient being possible.
0: I mean that. I mean that's that, that. I mean that. That's great. That makes a lot of sense. I just, it's going to be different for everyone. You know, the the spiritual paradigm isn't limited to just one person working with angels, like you and I have talked lots about this before, Hunter. You know, or one person working with uh, infernals, or Shit, or I not, work with or both. People.
3: I work with neither.
0: We know you. Yeah. I, wor-
2: I work. I work with both, but at the same time, I work with neither. Because I do understand Einsof, and I do understand the point of polarity mm. where it becomes where positive and negative charges equal nothing at the same time, and in the center, there is absolute nothingness. So whether you consider yourself left hand, right hand, I don't really give a fuck because at the center of it all, there is complete nothing.
3: Yeah, I, I honestly—well, I, this, this is just a really practical thing. I don't really vibe with anything Middle, Middle Eastern, like— whether it be Christianity, Islam, Judaism, angels, demons. I don't, I don't vibe. I, I vibe, I vibe with. That's why I love you, Hunter.
2: Sports. That's why I fuck you, Hunter.
3: I, I. I That's why you're like, my boy, Hunter. <laughs> like, like everything around the Mediterranean, I just don't vibe with. I, I vibe with Norse shamanism. I vibe with Hinduism. And I vibe with some of the Native American stuff. But I, I don't, I don't vibe with, there's a lot of duality that started with Zoroastrianism. And then it started, yes. the idea of the good God and then Ariman, the bad one, and then yep. Christianity is is that's where they get yeah. the idea of heaven and hell and being in heaven forever, being in hell forever is straight from Zoroastrianism. That I don't vibe with the whole Middle Eastern thing. I don't vibe with angels, demons. I don't even vibe with any gods in that area. I I just don't. Uh, that's. That's honestly just a personal choice and what I vibe with. I just, so so when
2: we going to go to that Chaldean temple, come on.
3: <laughs> oh, you mean the Zoroastrian center? Yeah, in Louisville. You already
1: know.
3: I want to I, I go there just to, there's, so by the way, there's only about 5 million Zoroastrians practicing Zoroastrians that have been registered worldwide, about 5 million. They're almost completely gone. But I, I went by this temple in Louisville the other day, Louisville, Texas. Uh, it's near Dallas. And I was, I was like, oh my God, that's a Zoroastrian center. I was, I was, I almost, I felt happy that because there's so few that they're still around. Like, it's not (laughs) even so much that I vibe with them as much. I was just like, I'm glad y'all are still a thing because Islam really kicked y'all out in a big way, (laughs) like a huge way,
0: a big way, man. I've only met like a, like a, a, a handful. I used to have a couple of coworkers years ago that were, that were from Iran and that was that was their practice. And they were the narrative nicest people, man, I swear. But um, yeah, but it, it, it's definitely a minority of minority religions that's dying out. Just like there were all kinds of other religions, man. You know, there's like like a Mani Manichism, or Manichism, yeah. that was a religion out of Syria at one point. You know, uh, there's many different strains of Gnostic uh, Christianity that died died off, and it seems Gnostic. like new religions are kind of. Hmm?
3: Um, so, have you all heard about um, Satanic Gnosticism versus Gnosticism? They have the same end result. I don't. I don't I'm know. Not. Okay, so Satanic Gnosticism is a more left-hand path, of course. But so, <laughs> not Gnostics. Um, very basically, as probably a lot of people are listening know, um, Gnostics believe that uh, the demiurge, not the actual God, is what created this universe, and that God is not. Is not what made how this universe functions, and to go to get back to God is to escape this universe that the demiurge created. Something that could basically Brahma, something that that thought that by creating um, that something would be fulfilled. And there's there's that idea of Shiva and Vishnu and Hinduism being worshipped, whereas Brahma is not in Hinduism. But going back to Gnosticism, so basically escaping for Gnostics, escaping this this universe, escaping materialism. Gnostic Satanists they also want to go back to the same source, but their idea is. If everything is destroyed, nothing exists anymore and everything will go back to the source. So there's two different functions. One, Gnostics want to escape, Gnostic Satanists want everything to be destroyed so that everything goes back to the source. But it's a very much the same thing, but they have different means of achieving it. Gnostic Satanists destroy everything, Gnostics escape the universe. They have the same Mm -hmm. idea going back to the source.
0: Interesting. Here in the middle of the went there. <laughs> went out for a little smoke. <laughs> I did,
2: man. I'm I'm gonna sit right here next to the window so I make sure that I have enough Wi-Fi. Yeah, yeah
0: but, so, so so satanic gnosticism, man. That's kind of interesting, though. I thought you were like gonna I, bring I, up like these, dark uh, the glasses. Okay. So I, I, I thought that you were going to bring up the idea of a, a an actual Gnostic Satan figure. You know, oh, that, that would dem- be all the devils,
3: the demiurge,
2: the demiurge, y'all the Baal. y'all,
0: y'all would have, yeah, yeah. If if
2: you're going to look into that, that. I, would, I would look into the Nag Hammadi or any of the New Testament yeah. apocrypha. If you're going to get into the literature and the actual historical documentation that we have upon the demiurge itself.
0: I like the hypothesis of the Archons a lot. That's like that's a pretty good one.
2: Oh, dude, I love it, man. Like, when it comes yeah. to my personal gnosis when it comes to the Demiurge or what is specifically going to be considered a Satan would be Samael, which in particular is an angel, mm-hmm. so to speak. And that angel sits at the left hand of God. Okay, now that could be considered Yahweh, But that... That is fucking blasphemous, according to another Gnostic sect, which was completely
1: completely
2: obliterates that whole generation of Gnosticism, and that would be considered Yahweh, which is a Canaanite deity, and this is where paganism and all of this shit comes into play, and this is where honestly, in my personal Gnosis, the PGM, and in particular, you know. That period of time comes into play because PGM just really just incorporated Gnosticism into the Hellenistic religions itself. Okay, so I I don't see religions. I don't see culture. Okay, I see spirit. I see um, a way of us intermingling with this energy beyond culture. Okay, this is something that's embedded into our DNA. That's that's timeless, man. Okay, whether you're born fucking from India or Africa or fucking America, whatever, man. Whether you call that shit kitsch cultural, I don't, dude. There, there, there's so many different aspects of what you can call this infinite nothingness of what the reality underlying God essentially is, and this goes into a completely different topic. And <laughs> I think both. I know you, Hunter, and I know you. Bodhi, I know both of you know what I'm where I'm going at with that, okay? But fuck the culture, fuck the, the, all of that, man. Spirit is spirit, man. Whatever you feel it or not, whatever calls to you is going to call to you, okay? We call yourself agnostic, atheist, I don't give a shit, whatever, okay? Whatever calls to you calls to you. And eventually that is going to bring you into a certain reality. That reality is going to bring you in touch with Yourself Okay And that's a whole different
1: that
2: That is a whole different Spiel unto
0: itself Alright I, So I have a question for both of you guys Like uh, where do you see Monotheistic religions Going to like headed Like where do you see them kind of Going
3: Polytheism <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, I think it's a cycle. so in, in, in Christianity and you know, a lot of Abrahamic traditions there's an idea that time is a uh where you, you begin and end I, I think that consciousness and understanding of God or Godhead goes in cycles um I'm one of those weird people I I which I talked about in my reincarnation video where I think that we've been this advanced before um we're in Dwapara Yoga right now so a lot of people think that yugas are probably around 250 million years long, um, and that we're still in Kali Yuga. This kind of this. I think that that's kind of true. Yokananda also talked about how there's a bunch of mini yugas and all these. I think that we've Ian, been this Bodhi. I I think I think that yeah that we've been at this advanced before, and I think that we're still advancing. Um, I I think that the idea of one monotheism. I think that the, it's a reoccurring thing, just like. The idea of polytheism. I think all this thing that we're going through, it's it's all reoccurring, and the cycle keeps on going again and again and again because um, souls are, they tie in,
2: they tie in,
3: huh? on, on escaping this escaping this dimension by realization, and then it's easier for souls that are on lower levels of conscious to, to hop on the loop at various points. Uh, monotheism being a very low point, point. and then the the cycle of of incar- incarnation exists to basically traverse souls into higher dimensions. So we're here. We're we're at a certain point in this cycle, but other souls that have, there's been other variations of ourselves that have gone to higher dimensions and keep kept on going. But it's just it's just this loop that keeps on going in a circle. Um, it, it practically and in the immediate future, monotheism. I mean, it's we're we're going to another. It's gonna it's gonna progress away, and but it'll come back eventually in thousands of years. Um, we've we've been through this before.
2: The polytheism mm-hmm. and the
3: monotheism, they tie in,
2: man. If you get all of the Abrahamic religions, including Islam, it all bases off of the Enuma Elish, the which is the Mesopotamian religion of polytheism or Marduk, Marduk Slate Tiamat, which was the abysmal, you know, infinite nothingness and whatnot, okay? like These things go into each other, and it's been a part of this even in Hinduism if you look at throughout throughout all religions, the monotheism and the polytheism they do this it's a fucking infinite loop and what I'm doing right now is sigilizing
3: infinity they both tie into each other man spirits tie into one another I think I think as a living yeah. as living religion that has been perpetuate like Hinduism, So a lot of people think that Hinduism is polytheistic and a lot of people think it's monotheistic. I think both are wrong because there's that still living understanding (laughs) that exists in Hinduism that doesn't exist in Middle Eastern religions. is that, yeah, there's one Godhead that everything is a part of, but there's different functions of that one Godhead that are the gods and we're different functions of the gods. So in a way, in a way, Hinduism is both polytheistic and monotheistic.
0: Damn so right. So it more, pan, more pantheistic. No,
3: no, I I think that so we we're getting trapped in a lot of western and middle eastern uh religion thinking and even egyptian um Hinduism is Hinduism <laughs> doesn't Hinduism doesn't operate on these specific terms. Right. It's right, it's yeah. it is actually kind of all these terms. So all these different god however uh, so in in ancient Roman, uh, in ancient Rome before before the church kind of became the Romans' new way of imperialism, um, they actually accused the Christians of being polytheistic. There was this one writer that ac- accused the Christians of being polytheistic, and that the pagans were actually monotheistic. Because, and in his argument, he, he was a pagan, he accused um, the Christians of thinking the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit as being separate gods, whereas. He's like, but we, when we, whenever we look at Jupiter, whenever we look at Aphrodite, whatever of our pagan gods we look at, we realize it's just a face of the same one God. So in actuality, Christians are the polytheists, and we're not. Um, and I, I, was like, that's a, I was like, that. that take was extremely interesting. And that was one of the ones who was trying to take down Christianity at the time. He was like, yeah, we view our gods as this, different faces of the, the. It's like the many-faced God. Whereas they think the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit are separate, where we don't think anything is separate. So a lot of people uh, – a lot of Christians nowadays be like, mind blown. Yeah, that, but- makes,
2: that, make, that makes complete sense to me, born baptized as a Christian, completely Catholic background. That makes complete sense. But I'm only going to say that makes complete sense because of the personal gnosis that I underwent through theology. Okay, now, I mean, through my theological polytheism, monotheism, they both tie in, there's an infinite loop, and when it comes to the point, there's an ain self, which is just nothingness, and in that nothingness, there's an infinite everything, okay? <laughs> like in that, That's where we get fucked up in the whole aspect of duality, whereas there's this dark, there's this left-hand path, there's this right-hand path, no motherfucker, there is no path. The path is you. The path is everything you. Is everything is the
0: force. And the force this, is everything.
2: <laughs> and you're not lying, okay? The fucking Jedi, the way of the Jedi, the Sith, whatever. Okay? It's how you go about using that force, okay? It is a technology that is embedded into our DNA. that is embedded into every living cell, every living breath that we breathe. The Prana, the Raha Kadosh, the Brahma, whatever, whatever you want to go with that. Go ahead.
3: I guess it's a, a point because uh, we, we uh, I, f- I feel like we do keep on getting in these high lofty ideals, but we keep on getting away from practicality. Uh, and that's that's something that's been a big part of me trying to figure out how to use oneness. Because, yeah, it's all part of the same thing. But how do we use it? Like, how do how do we not how do we not uh, how do we make the whip and the guy who's whipped being one into something that's practical to where we can stop the whipping in
0: general? Um, I just say I just say explore, explore. Like n- maybe 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 you might want to be the the person whipping. <laughs> maybe you might end up being the person. But being
1: also,
2: whipped. <laughs> exactly at the same fucking time, be right, right the person whipping and being the person being whipped. You need to hit this, man. It is like straight there in the center, from the roots, from the crown. Where if we're talking chakra systems, straight into the heart, and the heart is where they both coincide, they both coexist, okay, and to hit the bottom from what you would consider the the demonic, okay, to the angelic, you hit both, okay, because we are essentially both, okay, the Nephilim, whatever you want to call it, I don't care about the terminologies, you got to hit both. Okay, you got to hit the higher the HGA coming into the from the crown to the penile into your throat into the center of your heart. You got to hit the satanic, whatever the hell, okay, into roots to the sacral to to all of that and straight into the heart. It's just if we're talking soccer systems, okay, you've got it. It's like a battery, man. In my experience, in my own personal gnosis, it's you've got to balance these energies. To be one with yourself. I don't know if that makes sense to both I mean, of you.
0: I mean, it, it could be, it makes, it totally makes sense, man. I mean, it makes sense to me in both uh, action and passivity because uh, I've had a lot of practice. You know, like I said, I've, I've practiced Chan Buddhism before, which is a, another variation of Zen Buddhism. And it would say practice your, your Zen practice, right? And it, within your practice, it's emptiness. And in that emptiness, you are experiencing both highs, lows, light, dark, but you accept all of it. So that, so that's that that particular practice would say so. But there's also like uh, I'm I'm not a I don't practice like the real tantra. I'm I'm not an initiate, but um, I have lived part of my life sort of like that, where meaning like. Um, exploring you know so having a job a a certain job and you're like you know you may not necessarily like your job right but you can you can feel that you can feel that experience of not liking something no shit and then you can have experiences of being <laughs> no, bliss sh- and loving something. You know what I'm saying?
2: <laughs> look so, at look, look at Hunter's ass laughing over
0: there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, right?
2: Exactly. Like, you got to make the money to make the shit that you need to do. But what it really boils down to is how your ass is going to go about it mentally. You know, man. Right. Gotta, exactly, dude. But that's, that's
0: the, a way. But to me, that's a way of exploring it, though. You know, you you feel you know that role of something that you don't that you may not like. Which is the which which may be the opposite of a desire, right? You know, like you hear a lot of philosophy saying abstain from desires or don't, you know, entertain desires too much. But you want to you want to feel you want to feel, desi- feel desire. You want to uh, feel desire. You want to touch on desire. What is it like to, to, to feel bliss? What is it like to, to feel desire? But you're also going to have the stuff that you don't desire, like going to work, getting up in the morning and going to a job that you that makes money for company that you just may not give a shit about. You know, what I mean.
2: But bro, but that's that. Let me, like, like I'm sorry to jump in like this, man. But that's the thing that makes life worth living, dude. If I think you don't, so, know, exactly, dude. If you don't do the shit that you don't like, how the fuck are you gonna know what you like, motherfucker? Dude, you yeah. gotta you gotta know what you don't like to know what you do like. All right, now, now that doesn't have to be. We have to go work a nine to five, hating the shit that you do. But I'm gonna say, you're gonna learn from the shit that you don't like. And then jumping into another scenario for the shit that you do like, like you can't, you got to have negative, positive. You don't know what a positive right. experience
0: is. They oh, both are there, you. man. I, I was talking to a buddy on the phone earlier, right before I, I, you know, reached out to you guys. And, um, a mutual friend that of his, who I know also that I met a long time ago, uh, has lived a very comfortable life. You know, he, he gets, uh, like, uh, he lives off a trust fund and has the whole time I've known him about 15 years, but he he often feel feels like his life is sort of meaningless, and he's trying to figure his, himself out. And he has uh, because he's lived so comfortable, he he's very anxious anxious about life. He feels very um, just sort of like not right in the head all the time. Very scared of things. just very anxious, and not and he wants to live his purpose, but he has this comfortable good. life, money coming in without having to work. Like a lot, quite a bit of money to coming in without without having to work, something that most of us really w- would not mind having, right? So, um, and that's like the the opposite extreme, just like just having this living comfortable, eating good foods all the damn time, and you know, you open up, opening up your phone and going, oh yeah, this money's been deposited in my account like all the time, and not having to worry or work for it, you know what I mean? But well, at the same time, it's, it's right. But it's made him uncomfortable and just uh, anxious about life and not knowing the meaning of his life. And and he doesn't know where to start seeking. And, it's, and he's a very spiritual guy. This guy, I you know, he, he, he's like, he's always reading different spiritual books, watches hates, YouTube videos of Saad Guru. And all. I mean, really into it, but he's just very, very – so that's the other side of the, of the coin that we're talking about, I think, so.
2: Balance yeah when it comes to balance man the spirit side of him is the positive side to what he's doing you know and i i do i fuck, i've been there i get it a hundred i know all of you here fucking everyone listening knows exactly where we're coming from man because we mm-hmm. have to make capital to make the life where we want to be comfortable you know in
3: a complete sense but then he, think, but I mean, even though that he's comfortable he's he's still not comfortable with comfort so i think that we need to keep everything in perspective and we need to really question like what what are we actually working towards in our lives um i, I think that going back to desire i think desire is the boat that you cross the uh the river on but once you get to the other side you leave the boat behind um, it might it might lead us in this life right now. Also, purity is the same way. That's, that's the old Hindu saying for sattva, which is the, supposedly the, the most pure like guna or uh, or nature that combines to make everything that exists. Um, but yeah, desire is also it's it's what you use across life. Um, but you will you will leave it behind uh, once you uh, once you end this life and you might take up a new boat in the next life. And you got to figure out, you know, what what is the similarity between the boat that I have right now and the boat that I've had in past lives? What is the nature of this boat, and why am I in it? And what am I supposed to be taught by this moment? What am I? What? What is? The, so there's a saying in Hinduism that everybody wins in Dharma. Nobody's punished. Nobody's rewarded. Everybody. Everybody is taught. So I, I think the the question is, you know, we have to ask ourselves every moment. You know, if we're going through something good or going through something bad, what is this? What is it trying to teach? What what's
2: the, to? the Bro, when we really get down to it, what's the difference? Bad is the good because how the fuck would you even know what a good experience is without a bad one?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs>
2: I'm just
3: that's just the straightforward <laughs> truth. Satisfaction are two sides of the same coin, and
2: they are I, the yeah. same shit, bro.
3: Sentiment is at the center of that coin.
1: hmm I like man, this, man.
3: White- Dude, light, dark, they both taught
2: me the same damn thing, man. And I came from a source of light bringing where I thought, you know, the whole angel side, the whole like everything, you know, let me just tell you, man, when I got to know my own personal darkness, it taught me the exact same thing, but it told me not to shun those other aspects of myself because those are what make me whole. All right. So I was avoiding different aspects of myself. All right, and we, we talked about this, Hunter, and this, the whole shadow when we did the podcast, okay? You need both light. You need both dark because without one or the other, you wouldn't know which either one or the other were. <laughs> Yin-yang. I- Yin-fucking-yang, dude. Look at the fucking thing and really study that shit because it is so simplistic And it really needs to be simplified because so many people, especially when it comes upon the path of occultism, we get so trapped in the ideologies of what is right or wrong and what – how do I do this or that or whatever the fuck. And like like if I were to simplify as a magi, (laughs) you need both, okay? And the simplest way to describe that is to look at the fucking yin-yang. State, it's the most simplest thing to look at. It's the most like you look at that shit, like what? <laughs> you got the light and the dark and the dark and the light. And you're like, what's what the hell's going on? Okay, but it makes sense when you really get down to the nitty gritty of what's going on with both of these forces within ourselves. We're operated like a damn battery, honestly, you know, and in the center, from the crown, from the roots. We come into the heart, and from that heart space, we have eternity. We uh,
3: have—I'm sure. I could give a practical example of what you're talking about. So, um, I've been so in the past about six months. I've been doing a lot of shadow work. So, for a long time. i didn't so there's been this desire to gain personal power that i didn't that i haven't been expressing or or understanding or trying to utilize for a long time but also for many years um i couldn't feel anger without feeling depression after it um recently so in the past about six months i've been able to actually so this is i don't know if it's just a weird thing with me or not but i've every time that i would get angry i would get depressed afterwards but now i've been able to actually. Being able to be angry without it drawing life force out of me. Um, going through my own shadow work and working with my whole like Sith magic and working with Bogan and things like that. I can, I can, I can finally be angry without having the uh, the depressing side or just the natural just the natural feeling of mm-hmm. anger for that would always bring depression. But now mm-hmm. I can just be angry no matter what it is. And not have the um, not have the draw of energy, the, the the depression afterwards. So it's a very practical, emotional thing that I've been able to just realize um, in the past six months or so. It I was like hard.
2: Too. It was it was hard too in the beginning too, wasn't it? Accepting that.
3: I mean, I, I don't, I don't, I feel like so. It, I feel, I feel like I was a part of myself was um denying that desire to gain power and to actually feel magical power and actually know what that is so i i, I don't i don't like Shit, using, yes. i don't like other people's i don't like using other systems because like bodhi actually introduced me to this word gatekeeper when we were talking about books <laughs> <laughs> yeah, idea in my head i'm like that's why Good i hate working with other people's systems i'm like okay for my shadow work I'm gonna de- I'm gonna develop my own system that's like I'm gonna develop my own Sith system around basic Sith stuff, but develop myself with Bo- Bogan and actually start doing shadow work that had doesn't have all these games. <laughs> that isn't gonna get all these people jumping on being like oh well actually Seth is more like this and uh, actually no, I, don't, I don't need much. so like I I, I de- I'm developing my own system and I'm doing my shadow work through it and that that is I'm not I'm not touching anybody's strain of power anybody's strain of energy. I'm working with my own shit. I'm gaining power in my own way, and I'm and it might not seem like a big thing, but it is a huge thing to be able to it's be angry. not angry a lot, but to be angry without being depressed afterwards. It's a very practical side effect of my shadow work. Is it? may it may sound very strange to a lot of people, but by my nature, um, I I will feel bad about being angry after being angry, just out of after anything. Um, but love, the last, essentially the last six months and I wasn't preconditioned by my parents. I wasn't preconditioned by anything. In a way, um, I was using the my philosophy of compassion and oneness, and it was it was hindering me in a way. And I needed to figure out a little bit of a more dark Taoistic side of actualizing mm-hmm. my 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 power gain, my actual physical, like being able to my body to gain energetic power, hold it and covet it, love it, and not feel bad about it. And uh also, being able to just be angry without being sad afterwards. so that's a very practical result of my shadow work in the past six months. and I'm thirty years old, and this this is work that I'm just now doing. but once again, i I had to do my own thing because I couldn't i didn't I didn't want I didn't want it to be other people's shit. I wanted it to be just mine. so I, developed right. my-
0: yeah, yeah, I like that. and you know, um, I was just gonna ask both of you what are some ways that you integrate your darkness into your light and you just kind of Kind of answered Mm -hmm. without me having to ask. So I'm going to go ahead and close this, man. But I want to uh, thank the two of you for coming on tonight, man. It's been awesome. uh, Resurrecting this podcast and coming back on after uh, being away for a while and kind of laying low. But uh, it means a lot to me that you guys came on here. And definitely, if you have not checked out Hunter Salazar on YouTube, check him out. Hunter Salazar on YouTube and Gary her sir <laughs> man. Um, You're making a podcast,
1: so yeah. right, Gary? You start Thoth-
2: a podcast. Yeah, right? yeah. Th- I am. I'm gonna start a damn podcast here, okay? But I have a YouTube, it's Thoth horse Set um on nutrition, body, mind, and spirit. Okay, look. Um y'all will hear from me. If you hear from Bodhi, if you hear from Hunter, y'all can hit me up. I'm on Facebook. They're both on Facebook. That's how the hell we're both all here on all three of us are here on whatever. Okay. Yeah. I'm gonna start a podcast and these motherfuckers are gonna be on it. You guarantee. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So so keep yeah, keep a lookout on that, everybody. And yeah, it's been like a really awesome conversation, man. You guys are awesome. And of course we're gonna have to do this again real soon. So and all
3: right, have a good one, everyone.
0: Thanks for uh listening, everybody, and I will see you in the next episode. Peace, bitches. <laughs>